You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Well, some studies show that up to 23% of adults suffer from chronic lower back pain. What are the causes? What can we do to help? We're talking about that today with Dr. Mike Rosenblum of Genesis Chiropractic in Fort Lauderdale. Mike, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Uh, you know, lower back pain, when I, when I get it, it, I never know when it's coming. It just all of a sudden, boop, there it is. I'm like, oh, I just picked that thing up or I moved a certain way. And next thing I know, I'm like, ow, why does that hurt so much? Anyway, what is causing all these issues in my back every once in a while? <laughs> well, there's three different things that can cause lower back pain most commonly. I would say the one that is the least um, concerning would be a muscular problem. Uh, they can be very, very painful. Muscle problems can be very painful, but they have the best prognosis. They're the easiest to correct. Uh, in addition to that, uh, the hips, the pelvis can be involved, and, and uh, the hips are very strong joints, but if they're mechanically not functioning well, that can result in some symptoms. And then, of course, most serious of all would be disc-related problems uh, involving things like sciatica and stuff like that. And most serious because the hardest to repair? Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the body is fearfully and wonderfully made, but it was not is not was not made for what a lot of us are tasked with on a daily basis, sitting for eight to 10 hours and then being in the car and working from home. So, you know, our pelvis it operates and functions and feels the best when we're moving, when we're walking. We were we were designed to be mobile and to to, to be active. And so our lifestyle, I think, has has a lot to do with the fact that many of us develop an overall weakness uh, because we're sitting for such long periods of time that when you bend over to pick up something at home or out and about, um, it's very, very easy if there is weakness in the structure to create a some inflammation that will result in pain. All right. There are some who are like Gumby. They're so flexible. There are others like me who are like the Tin Man and can't get around at all. <laughs> is the fact that I need to stretch, is, is that part of the issue? I mean, is it just a regular basis? Uh, if I were to do some stretching exercises, it would help me out considerably, or is that to have nothing to do with it? I think that that's probably the best thing that we can all do to help maintain a healthy um back and, and neck area is movement, any type of exercise. And fortunately for some of us that don't necessarily want to or like to go to the gym, walking is probably the best single thing that you can do for your lower back, specifically long stride walking, uh, maintaining mobility. Stretching is very good, but with limitations. I think uh, much to your point, we have to know our limits. And so uh, stretching within our own means and our own capacity is, is really important as opposed to saying, well, it's, it's the new year, so I'm going to buy a video or <laughs> go to a gym and try and keep up with the instructor. So understanding our limitations and doing things gradually, I think, uh, affords the best uh, chance for success for, for many people. And even just that statistic that I mentioned earlier, 23%, is that just uh, those of a certain age or does it really, can it really, per, you know, happen to anyone? I, I can tell you I've been in practice for 30 years and lower back pain does not discriminate. <laughs> we see young kids who are, you know, barely in their teenage years and we see people that are quite advanced in age and everyone in between. The mechanics of the spine are really sensitive and so specifically bending forward and twisting puts the lower back in a very vulnerable position. And so what ends up happening is that's how people get hurt. 
you'd be surprised to know that a majority of people don't hurt themselves lifting something heavy. Because if I know something is heavy, I'll brace myself in an effort to lift that object. It's when things are sort of moderately heavy and I, boy, it was a little bit heavier than I thought. I wasn't quite prepared and I felt what um, you're referring to as a jolt. That's the most common type injury. It's not slipping and falling in a banana peel. It's saying, you know, I was just bending over, putting on my shoes and socks when I felt this severe pain in my lower back. And so being in vulnerable positions, specifically bending and twisting, is what prompts a lot of these symptoms. But there's often an underlying cause. There's a pre-existing weakness that may make people susceptible uh, to that type of uh, condition. All right, Mike, there's also that time I sneezed and almost threw out my back. I mean, it, it could be almost anything, right? <laughs> okay, we're going to need to get you into the gym immediately. <laughs> All right, right. so th- th- that then goes to what can I do? What can I do to to help my back? Yeah, so the best thing that I would recommend to people is, for example, doing abdominal exercises. See, here's the thing. Your lower back, typically, on most of the people that I have seen, is stronger than their front, than their, what we refer to as the core of the, or the abdominal area. But many times people say, boy, if I sit on my back, if I lay on my back and I start to do full sit-ups, my back hurts. It actually irritates the back. And so I recommend to most of our patients and people who are not yet patients that they would do some crunches. Crunches are the types of exercises where you're laying on your back and you do a partial sit-up. It is enough to engage the abdominal muscles, but not enough to irritate the joints in the lower back region. So uh, strengthening the core is extremely valuable. In fact, even if you went for a walk and periodically did some core tightening exercises, that would be uh, something called an isometric exercise in which you would just sort of you know, bear down and contract your stomach. But even as you're walking, I think that strengthening the core is the most valuable thing that we can do to balance out our musculature. And then in the back, instead of trying to strengthen your back, most people need to actually stretch their back. So in review, stretching the lower back and strengthening the front or abdominal area will give the most stability to the lower back region. And so that is really good for preventative care. Now, for those who have been suffering with this for a while, and like you said, even some of those um, harder causes like the disc, and maybe they've been told surgery is something that they may need to consider, what should we know? Because that may be something they want to avoid. Yeah, and it's and it's becoming more and more prevalent the longer that we are around. Um, I think that number one is to remember that in a multitude of counselors, there is uh, there's safety and there is wisdom, right? And so I think that despite having your own family doctor, it's good to seek the opinion at least of various experts. Um, I think it's important to bear in mind that no one develops lower back pain because they don't have enough pain pills in their stomach. And so that is not a sustainable long-term solution because pain medication can have its own issues over time. And so for people that are suffering from severe problems and are trying to avoid back surgery, we certainly recommend consulting with an expert and um, identifying whether or not they may be good candidates for treatments such as non-surgical spinal decompression. There are good technologies today, such as 
pulse wave therapy or even different class lasers that are extremely effective in reducing inflammation and pain in just a few seconds. And so the world has advanced, things have, uh, things have progressed, and um, our ability to non-surgically provide relief in some cases, right, not for everyone. Uh, there are unfortunately many times where we have a patient in the office and we do an evaluation and determine we're not qualified to help them. It's a little bit, it's a little bit too late. And uh, that's part of, I think, being a good doctor and consulting with uh, experts in the subject matter because we know what we can do. I, I, I know what we can do. God doesn't need help from anybody to heal people, but a good doctor will always know their limitations and know, hey, I can help in this case or I cannot. Hmm. You mentioned uh, younger kids that had back problems. A, a child that has an issue now, does that mean that they're going to have to suffer with this throughout their life or is there hope for them that there there are hmm. remedies? That's a fantastic question. You remember years ago, we used to evaluate children in the schools and look for things like curvature of the spine referred to as scoliosis. We've since some schools continue to do that, but then they say, well, you have scoliosis and our mode of action is going to be, let's check you again next year. Hmm. So obviously when a spine is young, it has the ability to be corrected and stabilized in a way that the adult spine can't. When I see an adult patient, I'm limited with the amount of correction that I can provide for that structure as a, as a, almost think of the analogy of a, a young tree that's mealable and that has more give to it than a tree that's more established, that, it, that it's more set in its position. So obviously, early attention is important. Uh, children sometimes will develop growing pains, which are completely normal, and it's just a matter of following the course of time. But when a young person mentions chronic, consistent, my back is bothering me, it may, uh, it may just be a matter of early attention attention, easy correction, and then setting them up for success in the future, as opposed to saying, oh, you know, don't worry about it. Here's an Advil and, uh, you know, kind of carrying it along because over time, the body adapts to pain. And so not correcting a problem early on will, will give you the sense that, oh, you know, it's not bothering me so much anymore. And so you tend to forget about it. And yet that mechanical problem is developing and advancing. And then those are the people that say, Oh, I just sneezed, and boy, my back has developed so much pain. Well, that was me. That was never... me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that could never happen in the absence of a pre-existing mechanical problem. Hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. A healthy back, a healthy back can withstand a lot of stress, and a lot of pressure, and a lot of uh, even trauma. It's the back that has a pre-existing mechanical condition that is vulnerable to an injury and the, and the patient may not even be aware. So getting checked, doing an evaluation periodically, especially young people, getting an exploratory x-ray to look at structure and function, these are all things that I think are worth their weight in gold. Yeah, absolutely. And so early prevention is very helpful. And you mentioned this a couple of times in our conversation that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's something that, you know, as a doctor, even a chiropractic doctor, you probably see that regularly, don't you? 
it's 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 an unbelievable you know i've been i've been in practice like i said for a little bit and and the back continues the whole body continues to be a mystery i um i i just i have seen remarkable miraculous recovery in my office that i know i had very little to do with and we have other we have seen other cases where um you know you're just so thankful that the person somehow was led to us because i do feel like the lord is sovereign and he's ultimately in charge of everything but the human body is really fantastic we we need to do a very good job at listening to it we tend to ignore similarly to the way that we treat the lord sometimes when he whispers in our ear and we don't take action we have to listen to your body as well i i think over time it's a very important thing. If you have a symptom, if you have a problem, it's it's a stewardship matter, in my opinion. Uh, God doesn't need us, but he wants us. He wants all of us, and he wants us to be in service for him. So I always look at me taking care of myself as an act of um, worship and stewardship for the Lord so that I can be used by him. If I'm sitting at home incapacitated, I may not be of much use. And so I want to take good care of my health so that I can be available to serve and to help. And so it's a, it's a very, it's an interesting concept and it's a different, it's a different way of looking at things because oftentimes we have symptoms and we feel victimized. Like, Oh, I just, I have this and I have to deal with it. And this is my lot. No way. Our body has a tremendous capacity to heal and to recover if we just help it in, in small and effective ways. Hmm. All right. One more question. Uh, when it comes yeah. to our sedentary, our, you know, our, our lifestyle where we sit way too much, right? Behind a mm-hmm. desk a lot of times. But okay, what about a travel? If I'm taking a trip, you know, maybe it's a plane trip that takes five hours. Mm. I, I get out of that chair after five hours and I'm hurting. What can I do to help my back? Yeah on a trip like that? I'm going to tell you this. I think airplane seats were designed by people who may have had a real interest in back pain treatments. Because <laughs> they're, just, <laughs> they're just, and especially if you're a taller person, if uh-huh. you're over six foot one or six foot two, it's a really tricky thing to sit in an airplane for an extended period of time. So what I do is I utilize a lumbar cushion. My wife makes fun of me, you know, because I travel with my suitcase or a backpack and I have a little lumbar pillow, a lumbar roll that I take with me and I put it in my seat so that I can have a little bit better lower back support when I travel. And that has been my saving grace because I happen to travel quite a bit and I just, I don't leave home without it. So when you're sitting in an airplane, um, I think it's a good idea if you can to have some sort of a pillow or a cushion or support for the small area of the lower back. And then also uh, getting up regularly. Five hours, a lot of time for a healthy spine to be sitting, much less a spine that may have some underlying mechanical problems. And so I think it's a good idea to be, a, unfortunately, a, maybe a nuisance or a bother to your neighbor, but get up periodically, walk around for just a few minutes, maybe even stretch in the back of the plane, and then get back to your seat. And then, and then as much as it is possible, walk a lot before you get to your gate, after you get to your gate. The idea is to have movement. For example, in my office, I I sit, I do a lot of consultations, I do a lot of x-ray reviews, and um, I have a sit-stand desk. And so so whenever I don't have anyone in my office, for the most part, I'll try to be in the standing position working on my computer. And when I need to talk to someone face-to-face, then I'll lower the... Um, the device, and I'll be able to sit down and look at someone from across the desk. So there are tools and there are methods and technologies that can help us. You know, we can't all go and get uh, new jobs.
jobs as farmers in the field, right? <laughs> we do have a, a sedentary culture, but there are a lots of things that we can do about it to just induce more mobility. And uh, when I was in chiropractic school, there was a big sign that said, a healthy spine is a spine in motion. So movement really becomes a wonderful thing that we can all do to uh, deal with problems and also help prevent problems. Oh, good. Okay, that's that's. I think that's my big takeaway. So thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mike Rosenblum has been with us. And again, he's with Genesis Chiropractic in Fort Lauderdale. We've got a link to them. And we'll also have this conversation loaded a little bit later at ericandbridget.org. All right, Mike, thank you for your time and have a uh, wonderful weekend. My pleasure. God bless you guys.